Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is being spiritual versus religious. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet yoke and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about calling yourself out as religious these days is not really something that we tend to do. And it's more than just living here in the Pacific Northwest, otherwise known as the nun zone, where people Mm. just don't really go to church at all. And they spell that as N-O-N-E, not N-U-N. Not (laughs) N-U-N. Slightly different meaning there. Very different. But across the country and across denominations, it seems like people at least in the Christian community, are not going to church the same way that they used to. However, people are still fine calling themselves spiritual, and I'm wondering where you think this distinction comes from and if you see the same thing. Absolutely. I think that there are many people who have much more comfort calling themselves spiritual than calling themselves religious. Where do you think this comes from? Is it purely stemming from some backlash about the conservative Christian movement that seems to be sweeping this country? I don't know. I think that there's probably as many answers as there are people. Mm -hmm. And there are tons of individuals doing research on this from religious study points of views, from sociological points of views. This is something that plenty of people are doing panicky studies about, and maybe not just panicky studies, but legitimate studies about. Mm -hmm. Pew Research has done a ton of research on this. There's all kinds of different places that are trying to figure out and understand why this shift has happened, why so many are finding ways to participate in their faith differently. But to be religious, I think, for many is to participate in an organized religious community. Yeah. To partake in some kind of structured communal experience with sets of morals and values and dogma and practices that is done within a structured social setting. And that is a religious kind of participation. Spirituality is something that has taken on a context from what I have seen and heard and understood in some of these studies to be more along the lines of individual study, individual participation, individual experiential kind of things. So to be spiritual is to know that there is something divine about the world or something larger, something grander, and to be open to experiencing those divine things and those larger mystical things, but not necessarily to adhere to specific sets of dogma and to participate in individual, large, corporate environments that you have to sign on the dotted line and make commitments to. It's such a broad gray area in my mind. I'm sitting here trying to figure out what my own definition of being religious would necessarily be. And does it come down to the number of services I would go to in a month? Hmm. Does it come down to whether or not I give to the church monetarily or with time? I I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if you know what does Pew Research, what do they ask? How do they define what being religious is? 
That's a great question. And I don't remember. I wonder if there would be different for each survey. Sure. If they would give a definition of what it would be to be religious and how one would define oneself in that way. I think I might define myself as being religious as someone who ascribes to a particular denominational set of beliefs. Yeah. And ascribes to a particular set of dogmas. I feel like it has to do somewhat with the strength of those beliefs. Spirituality Mm -hmm. to me seems a little more, I think there's a higher being out there, but I'm not really sure what's going on. But I think something is at play. Whereas if you call yourself religious, you seem to be somebody who would be interested in like reading the Bible and praying regularly and being more involved And it seems much more of a commitment than being spiritual. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are some folks who are very committed to their spirituality. Sure. Who are very spiritual individuals who are not religious, who don't adhere to a particular religion, but they're very spiritual. They're very in tune with things that are beyond them. And so it really is fascinating Mm -hmm. to walk in multiple communities Mm -hmm. who interact with these words very differently. I would also love to know some of these research studies, just how many different religions and denominations they're asking about, right? Are we getting down into the Wiccans and the Druids and the Muslims and everything else, the Buddhists, or are we really Mm -hmm. just tracking Christianity here in all of its various flavors? That's a great question. And I think that there are research studies of all religion within the United States, which does include Baha'i and Sufi and Islam and Judaism and all kinds of different recognized religions and practices, as well as those that will dive specifically into denominational or specific flavors of a major religion. So it really depends on which study you take a look at. Sure. Okay. So I have two questions about what you have seen personally. And the first one is going to be, have you noticed this change yourself as a pastor over the years, or has it been like kids growing up too slow of a change that you would have to take much more of a snapshot from one to the other? That's a good question. I think when I started the Pacific Northwest And when I say when I started, when my profile was going out to the Conference of Bishops in order for me to be assigned to a particular region of the United States, I really wanted to serve in Region 1, which is this entire like Pacific Northwest area, because we were the least churched area of Mm -hmm. the country. And I wanted to serve in this area because people, when we go to church in this area, we choose it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not a given. It's not a social expectation. It's a choice that we make here. And I love serving in an environment where we are choosing to participate in our faith against social expectation. And so I think for me, this kind of religious or spiritual but not religious kind of thing was already the water that we were swimming in Mm -hmm. with in this geographic region. And since I did my studies on the West Coast, I think that it was already somewhat the water that I was swimming in. Mm -hmm. 
And I did my internship in, in the Portland area 20 years ago. So it was already somewhat the water that I was swimming in. I can say that it has increased, particularly in the generations growing younger than myself. Mm-hmm. Not that there is less faith. There, I think, is as much faith in the generations younger than myself. There is less tolerance for systemic, mm, how do I want to say, belonging just to belong. Mm-hmm. We talked about Gen X having this hermeneutic of suspicion that Gen X would always come at everything suspiciously and like not believing in anything that was going on and always having to doubt and to question anything and we wouldn't trust anything. And that was the Gen X way and Xennials, those of us kind of right on the edge of the millennial generation, but sort of Gen X, that we had a bit of that plus a little bit of the technology. Well, we'll just look it all up and learn ourselves Mm -hmm. kind of in the middle of that. And then there's the generations after us who not only have this hermeneutic of suspicion, this coming from this place of inherent doubt and wondering if what you are actually saying to us is true. So we're going to go look it up for ourselves. Thanks. Mm -hmm. But they have access to all of the information and the ability to prove that what you're saying is a lie. Well, not just that, but they're also getting to see other people of other religions putting out content on social media in a way that I had no idea. I had no idea what a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah was. I had no idea how you celebrate Diwali or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just there waiting for them if they want to go looking for it. And sometimes even if they don't. (laughs) Totally. And the incredible amount of ability to explore and to wonder and to dream and to learn and to explore all of these beautiful things about the world and culture and spiritualities and all of these things gives these younger generations the ability to question and dream and explore and not belong just to belong, Mm -hmm. but to question why we do what we do. And to not be willing to do something just because it's the way we've always done it. And so I think that what I've seen over the years of my ministry is this growing sense of their faith is deep, their belief in large things, their belief in the importance of community, and their belief in the importance of supporting one another and supporting community and standing beside community is just as passionate, if not more so, than those who've come before them. And participating in patterns for the sake of the pattern itself and not for the sake of something bigger is not something they're interested in. The other thing I've noticed with my kids and their friends is you get a lot more of a mixed faith family than I ever came across in the Midwest. Other than maybe a Catholic and a Lutheran, which is not really a mixed faith family. Let's be honest. (laughs) Okay, so that's through the years. Now, specifically, the pandemic Hmm. seems to have thrown a gigantic monkey wrench into absolutely every aspect of everybody's life, including once you're out of the habit of going to an actual church service (laughs) in an actual building and getting up Mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning 
it's hard to go back. Mm-hmm. What have you seen that the pandemic changes this, especially in terms of do you think it's made people identify more as spiritual or more as religious? Is one fallen off and one gained traction or you just haven't haven't had enough to know? I think we're too close to the event horizon to be able to see it clearly. That's fair. And we're not through the event yet. I mean, there is that to say the pandemic still continues. Yes, it is. And so we can't be clear what the result of this will be. I will say that there are some for whom the pandemic has encouraged the strength of their religiosity and they have doubled down in recognizing the power of their communal religious experience and their need and their desire for gathering together to practice their religion. And that for some, the pandemic has increased their spirituality and their connectiveness to the divine and to spiritual practices, but it has not increased their religiosity. For some, it may have actually decreased or ended their feeling of connection to religion. And for some, it may have sparked an interest in religion or spirituality. It's kind of all over the board. And I think that because we are still so close to this happening, Mm -hmm. because it is still ongoing, Mm -hmm. I don't think we know what the overall result of this will be yet. And I'm very curious to see what will come of it. We had talked so much about we are at the 500-year mark of the Reformation, and this is the time of change and church change, and be aware that things can happen and religion is going to be changing in these years, and we are at this kind of event time. We are in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And even the Reformation, when it happened, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over the course of time, over the course of a decade, over the course of years and years. And I don't think that in the midst of the moment that Martin Luther or Melanchthon or the others could have said, here is where we expect this to be going in the middle of the peasants' war, I don't think they could have said how they expected it to turn out. So we simply keep existing and keep doing the best, the next best thing. Like I watched Frozen 2 on the plane back (laughs) So I have in my head this, you know, we make the next best choice as we continue on through the midst of the crisis, through the midst of this large change that we are experiencing. As people make these shifts from religious participation to spiritual participation or the reverse, we simply take a deep breath, make the next best choice, find our way forward. And we will look back and we will see which way all of this has found its way through. Has this shift changed the way that you either preach a sermon or reach out to people who may be new and coming to a service or that you come across in your daily life? I think in some ways it does, but only in that I try to continue to remember to meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's a constant reminder to meet people where they are. And that's hard because some people, where they 
were last was very religious and that's not where they are now. And to meet someone expecting them to be where they were three years ago, if someone were to meet me now and treat me like I was three years ago, they would have no clue who they are meeting with because who I am right now is vastly different than who I was three years ago. And so it's a constant reminder to myself to meet someone where they are right now. Who are they right now? Not who they were, not who I think they were, but who are they right now? And where is their faith right now? And that is hard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One other aspect of this, and we mentioned this at the beginning, is the conservative Christian movement. Mm -hmm. And do you worry about Lutherans being lumped into that, the old hashtag not all Christians kind of aspect? Well, we are just like that some ways. Yeah. I mean, it's just in the same way that it's, you know, hashtag not all men or hashtag not all white people. Mm -hmm. It is always all men and all white people and all Christians and all white women. It always is. We are all a part of the same challenges that our country, that our world is facing. And while Lutherans, ELCA Lutherans, have some things that we are different than other white denominations about, and although we have areas where we are more progressive than others— we still have plenty of areas where we have plenty of work to do. And so it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. you know, the ELCA is a progressive denomination. And so we are a denomination that welcomes LGBTQIA folks. We are a denomination that is pro-choice. We are a denomination that advocates for progressive policies at all different levels, for policies in our government and in our laws those are all things that we do as ELCA Lutherans. We are progressive in the ways that we advocate for Palestinians. We are progressive in the ways that we advocate for immigrants, all of those pieces. And the ELCA remains the whitest denomination in the country. Mm -hmm. And we struggle with the ways that our academic elitism and other forms of historical elitism continue to keep us as white as we are and our systemic racism continues to trap us and so we keep learning and we keep going there are plenty of reasons why people would not want to be a part of our religion mm -hmm. even if our spirituality could be pretty awesome for them mm -hmm. okay that's going to lead me to my last question then personally are you cool with the distinction between spirituality and religious, or does it bug you as somebody who is trained as a pastor and is supposed to, you know, reach out and evangelize and teach and all that kind of stuff? I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there are days when I find myself more spiritual than religious. For sure. <laughs> so I think... When we get, when, when church leaders, when particularly professional Christians get incredibly anxious about the ways that believers 
label their identities, label their faith experience. We miss the opportunity to simply hear how they are encountering God. And so my encouragement would be if it makes your skin itch to hear that someone is spiritual but not religious, ponder why that's making your skin itch. And what is it that the Holy Spirit is agitating in you? And why is that uncomfortable for you? Because there's something there for you to look at, not for the other person. They're probably just fine. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about being spiritual versus being religious. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for joining us here on the podcast. It is always wonderful to be along with you. You can find the backlog of our podcasts on Spotify and iTunes. If you want to listen to any of those, we have many years going back. And you can also find them on our website with notes and links for additional materials. If you have questions or an idea for us, reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.